0: John, get me on here. Here you go. I um, love well, what what I heard this morning is what I feel was just the word salvation of what it true salvation, just bringing it back to the simplistic gospel of Jesus Christ. To say that the gospel is simple is kind of kind of, I guess, an oxymoron, but. Because it is, it's deep, it's complex, but Jesus did say this would be so easy that the children will be able to understand it, and we as adults have a great ability of making it so complicated that nobody can, can walk it out. And uh, um, I'm going to be in John 13 today, and I'm going to read quite a bit, because there's a, quite a bit that I want to read, but and I think sometimes, I don't think today, I'm, I'm not going to say I don't know, because I don't know how it's going to end, but... Um, Sometimes I think we do too much preaching. <laughs> I know I like to, and sometimes we we miss just the reading of the word. And I'm just going to read today this part, and um, it's gonna be quite a bit of it. But I just I felt like we needed to to hear this. As I was I preached last Sunday at a, another church Sunday night, and uh, here lately the words of my grandpa. My grandpa was a minister. He his whole life or my whole life, and. long time. He pastored and was just a, was an amazing minister of the gospel. Um, I remember as a kid being in one place down in Caddo, Oklahoma, and he gave an altar call and there was like 25 people. I, I very rarely seen people run to the altar. And one guy had his two sons and under his arms and his wife was right behind him. And they, as the old folk would say, he got gloriously saved. That's what um, they'd say. He got gloriously saved. And, uh, Um, and I seen the way he ministered the gospel and one of the, uh, most of the people that ever heard him say, they say he's one of the greatest salvation preachers they'd ever heard. He, he, and it wasn't a fire and brimstone. It was the love of God. It was that God loves you and and it stirred the hearts of the people. But he would always ask a question. He would say when he would preach, he'd say, what are you going to do with this man called Jesus. And that words have been, been over and over in my heart of what are you going to do with this man called Jesus? And I think today that even as Christians, we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing with that man called Jesus? Is it just something that a prayer that we've said? Is it, um, but it, you know, we, we, I think sometimes in the church think, well, I'm, I'm saved. I believe in Jesus. But what are we doing with that understanding? What are we doing with what the life of, of Christ? And so this in verse 13, in chapter 13 of John, verse 1, um, this it just kind of shows some really neat things, and so we're just going to read. If you would, just just bear with me. It says, and, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It's a little bit different than what I usually read from, but I just like the way that it, it, it says it here. It says, "Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end." It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of of, of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and returned to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Listen to that. He washed the disciples' feet. Listen to what it said before that. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Jesus knew that he had authority. Jesus knew that he had everything, all authority had been given to God, he had come from God, and he would return to God. And it's in that Christ-likeness that we operate or that we should operate when we minister. This says, Jesus is realizing I have everything at my disposal. I have authority over everything. Therefore, that kind of power, that kind of authority did not make him greater than everybody else or his image to everybody else. I'm greater than you, but rather he was a king that could, he could serve with the heart of a king. And he wrapped his towel We read in the scripture, he said that he had loved the disciples that had been given to his ministry and he loved them to the very end. He knew that his time was coming. He knew that God had given him these disciples and he loved them with all of his heart. He loved them to the very end. And he knew that God had given him all authority. And so with that, what would we do with that authority? What are we doing with this man called Jesus? With the authority that we believe that we have in the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, resurrection, and the ascension, sitting on the right hand of the Father. What are we doing with that authority? What are we doing with this man called Jesus? And we are washing people's feet? Jesus, was at, he knew who he was. He knew he was the Son of God. He knew exactly what, but the Bible says that he got a basin of water, wrapped a towel around and washed their feet, and began to dry them. When Jesus came to Simon Peter's, when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, "Lord, are you going to wash my feet?" Jesus replied, "You don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will." No, Peter protested, "You will never ever wash my feet." Jesus replied, "Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me." Now watch this. This is like most of us, right? This is, this is I love Peter because he just starts talking before he realizes what he's saying. That's a lot of us, right? Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. If you're going to do this, then just wash all of me. Take all of me, God, right? <laughs> Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is their messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Jesus was saying that now that I have served you, now that I have served you, I've been given power and authority, and later on in John he tells him, not many days from this point on you will be endued from power once the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I want you to go, I want you to be... A servant with the power that you've been given, with the authority that you've been given. This is not for global domination, although this will dominate the world. This is not for, uh, 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 this is not for an outward power, but this is to help and begin to go with the power and the authority to change lives. That when you touch people's lives, that you can change them from the inside out. As a matter of fact, I'll be working on the inside, and you share the message on the outside. You're not greater than I am. So continue doing this, and this is what he says to them. Verse 18, I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I've chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says that one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah, I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now Jesus deeply, was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other. The disciples, I'm sorry, the disciples, uh, the disciples looked at each other, verse 22, wondering whom he could mean. The, disciples, the disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table, Simon Peter motioned to him to ask who he was talking about. So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? And Jesus responded, it is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Jesus had eaten the bread, when Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered in him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you are going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. I thought that was interesting how he wrote that, going out into the night. Notice, they didn't suspect that it was Judas when he handed him, the because Jesus had dipped the bread to all of them. That was a tradition, as he dipped and he would hand it. So he didn't single Judas out. Notice that Jesus' power and authority could have said, he's the one that's going to do it. But he knew what the disciples would have done if he would have said, Judas is the one that's going to betray me. Yet, he he allowed these things to happen because he knew it was his time and he knew what was about to take place. And he knew, "You you guys have no idea what I'm about to do. And I love what he said, he went into the night. Now, verse 31. As soon as Jesus left the room, Jesus said... The time has come for the son of man to enter into his glory and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the son, he will soon give glory to the son. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I have told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you cannot come where I'm going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other for your love, your Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Listen to that. It's not going to be your power. It's not going to be all the great things that you're going to do, but it's going to be your love for one another. That's one thing that I think that that we miss out is erring on the side of love for one another. Do we agree? No, you can read in the scriptures in the book of Acts that the disciples didn't always agree, but they knew they loved each other. They knew they, had, uh, they, 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 they were praying for each other. They, they, they knew that they were preaching the same gospel. They were bound by the same thing, and it was Jesus Christ. It was the message of the gospel. It was the message of hope. It was the message of love. That He said, I've done this for you. I've loved you. And even here, he's talking to Peter. I've loved you, and I've given you a second chance. You don't even know what you're going to do yet. Here in a minute, we're going to find that out, what he tells Peter. What the Bible says is where we're, uh, we're, we're much has been forgiven, we should forgive much. We, we look at our life and it's been people say, in ministry, different people would talk to you say, How do you minister? How do you continue with people like that? I said, it's easy because God and Christ has continued with me over the years. Years I, I, I was stubborn. Years I didn't want to do the thing. I, whatever it was, they kept walking with me and at no point in my life did I ever feel like they had drawn back or they were very ready to smack me. It was always, we're here. Grab a hold of my hand. You've wandered off the path. I'm here to show you the way back. And it's, and, and, and I made this statement Sunday night at the church that I was preaching at. We do not, most of the people in the in, in congregations don't trust the Holy Spirit. We don't trust the working of the Holy Spirit in people. That's why the church has taken positions of, and I'm going to say this, if you have an abortion and you're a homosexual, that's an attack on me. And it has little to do with me. Actually, it has nothing to do with me, their actions. I can't make somebody do something different. We talked about that with our kids. I, I can raise my kids in the way that they should go. I can't make them do it. Right? And at a certain age, they have to come to a place where they say, this is my decision to do good. And for so whatever reason, the church is taking on the sins of the world as, well, we've got to make them do right. We've got to pass laws. If, they, if we're just letting them out there and they're not passing laws, then they're going to continue to, guess what? They're sinners. That's what sinners do. <laughs> right? But we've taken it as, in, and we, we do not trust the Holy Spirit. And one reason I believe we don't trust the Holy Spirit is because we don't understand the gospel ourselves. We haven't taken fully this man, Jesus Christ, and walking in his shoes of how he would walk with those people. How would Jesus walk in today's society? Amen. Look at the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. They brought him to him and he sat down and began to write in the sand and said, where are your accusers? What would Jesus do at the steps of the Supreme Court when there's all these riots and all these activizations? What would he say? He would say, he without sin cast the first stone. And are we walking like this man? Well, then that means they can just do whatever they want to. That's called free will. That's called the the ability to do whatever you want to do. Are there consequences? Yes. But there is a free will that we have to choose him. But the reality of it is, I keep hearing this thing. We say, well, we got to win the lost at any cost. We got to find the lost. And, And the lost only means that God doesn't know where they're at. I'm going to say that again. Loss means that somebody doesn't know where they're at. And God knows exactly where they're at. As a matter of fact, when he poured the spirit out upon all flesh, he sent his spirit, his heart, his desire to the heart of every man, woman, child, boy, and girl. And he's knocking on their door right now. Bam, 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 bam. And when we show up in their lives and we begin to spread love and we begin to love each other and we begin to go into our communities and change from the inside out, it begins to hear that voice and say you sound like what i've been hearing on the inside you sound like what i've been hearing on the inside and i haven't known how to put words to it but i see it in action because you love one another because you're out here you're helping you're touching you're praying you're 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 you're, you're caring for us and you're washing our feet you're feeding us he said, if you feed one of these little ones you've done it unto me If you clothe them, if you feed them, if you say hi, if you just do a kind act, you've done it unto me. What would you do with this man called Jesus? Didn't mean to preach. Simon Peter, verse 36, asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. Why why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows, tomorrow morning you will deny me three times that you even know me. Nope. No. No. No, no, no. And we look at that whole story. See, this is why Peter was so passionate about the gospel. That's why he kept going to the Jews time and time again because he said he kept going and they beat him and they cast him out and he said, Lord, one time they beat him and told him, don't preach in this name Jesus. And and they stood up and they began to pray, God, that which got us in trouble, let us give us more of that, Lord. Let us continue to preach this gospel. Not because Peter was just strong and hard-headed, because he had found love like he had never had before. And he said, if Jesus can can help me and can save me I denied him I didn't even I would even I couldn't even stand up in front of the cross I was weak but after Acts chapter 2 something came inside of me and I'm going to continue to share the gospel for my people for the people around me and whoever he sends me to because this is what he's done for me you can't come and die the death that I'm going to die yet but you will soon follow me Paul tells us that when Christ died, we died. When he rose, we rose. When he ascended in right hand, of the Father, we are sitting there with him in heavenly places now. Christ says, you can't come yet, but you're going to be able to. <clears throat> I'm going to go right on into 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so you will always be with me where I am. You know the way to where I'm going. King James says, where I am, you will be also He says, you haven't understood that father thing yet, that oneness that we have, but there's going to come a day, and just real quick, I'm going to come and let you know that, and you are going to enter in that. My spirit's going to enter into you, and he is going to show you things like you've never seen before. Now, in verse 5, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? What are you going to do with this man named Jesus? And too many times we're harsh on ourselves. Too many times we're very harsh on ourselves. Well, I need to do to. These people, these guys followed Jesus. They were with him. They saw miracle after miracle, sign after sign. It was shown to them all over the place. And here Thomas says, we don't know where you're going. How are we going to know the way? And Jesus said, the answer is simple. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth. And the life, no one can come to the Father except through me. If you already, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is from now on. You do know him and have seen him. Woo! You know him and you have seen him. What are you going to do with this man called Jesus, Thomas? You know the Father. You've seen him because you have seen me. He says, I don't know the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not just a way and not just a truth, but those two together, life comes when you know the way and you know the truth. Those three things, what the Bible says, a three-chord rope is not easily broken. The way, the truth, and life. And if you know that all three of those are in Jesus Christ, that that understanding won't be broken. You can know who you are. Jesus knew it. He served with the heart of a king because he knew who he was. He says, now from this point on, you will know. And you have seen him. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was John wrote in another letter. He says, this Jesus whom we've seen and we've touched. This is not just somebody we're talking about, just somebody that we haven't heard of. This is somebody we've known, we've touched him, we've seen him, we were were part of it. Verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Here we are again. He just said, you've seen the Father, you know the Father, you've seen it. Philip was like, show us the Father, and that'll satisfy. We'll know from this point on that we've seen him. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Any, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least, the very least, believe because of the work you have seen me do. Listen to that. I am in the Father and he is in me. Do you not know how long have I been with you? Have you not heard the words that I'm speaking? (laughs) He's walking them through this and they're finally going, oh. Oh, he's starting to reveal himself to them. Verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with you, I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Believe in me. Believe that I'm in my father and the father is in me. And later on, he's going to tell them, believe that I am in you and you are in me. Therefore, we have become one with the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. When you see the things that the disciples did, you must realize they did it because they believed who Jesus was. Believe in me. And when you ask, believe that I'm going to do it. Have no room in your heart that there's doubt. When they begin to walk in and begin to talk, they walked it so much that Peter's shadow healed people. They believed and people began around them begin to say, those guys have been with Jesus. I want to touch them. And they knew that they had been with Jesus. They knew the words that, they had, that he had heard. He had spoke to them. And, and, and afterwards, when he showed himself for 40 days on, on the earth, they begin to believe that and they... Such a way of believing what they were preaching. That's important. I'm going to read a little more. Verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Amen. That's why we have to be messengers. Because the world's not looking for Him. They're looking for something, but they don't even know what they're looking for. They can't recognize Him. Amen. That's why we have terminologies of of vibrations and all these other things. And and we know it's the Holy Spirit. But they're not even looking for Him at this point. They, don't, they can't recognize Him. And that's why when we, we meet people that don't believe like us, or they might be of new age, and we begin to talk to them, and we begin to talk to them about Christianity and the Holy Spirit, and they say, well, this is vibration. This is and so Actually, what that is is the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God that's beginning to speak. You just don't understand it yet. And it begins to be revealed to them that God's knocking on your heart. Okay. Isn't looking for him and does not recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He's living with you now. You're seeing him right now. You're walking with him. But eventually he's going to be inside of you. And he's going to work from the inside out. And he's going to pour into this world. Not just one Jesus, but many Jesus are going to begin to pour the heart of God out into the community. He says, I'm here in the city of Jerusalem. I've gone my little circle here, but there's going to be greater works that are going to happen. Why? Because I go to my Father and the Holy Spirit's going to enter you and it's going to pour out of you. What he says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living life. You're going to be a river wherever you go. And now there's... Not one church in the city of Macalester, but however many churches in the city of Macalester that are pouring out the heart of God on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Not just on Sundays, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, but every day I want you to begin to do like I do and begin to wash the people's feet. Begin to serve them. Begin to pour out your spirit. Verse 18. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. I just felt like reading that today. From Jesus washing the feet. I'm beginning to sit down. He knew what was about to happen. In another version, when he did the um, the Passover, he says, I have waited so long. I've been excited for this Passover. I've been excited for this meal because this is where I get to reveal my new covenant. This is where things are really all the things we've been doing, all the things I've been thinking, this is right here is coming into a, a funnel right now that is about to come into one person. It's going to be change the world. And he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit here. He says, you will know that I am in you, you are in me, and I am in the Father. We are becoming one. And he says to them, I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. I've been preaching, I've been preaching for a, a while now. Almost, I guess, over 20 years I've been preaching. And I hadn't got even close to knowing all there is to know about Jesus. And those words that I keep hearing is, what will we do with this man called Jesus on a daily basis? That's a question that we should ask ourselves on a daily basis. Of, um, and I do believe we get to the point of, am I and we get past those questions of, am I saved or not saved? Okay, Lord, I've been walking in this way for a while, and I know, I know I'm not perfect, but I know that that I know where I'm at and I believe in you. I believe in the things that you've done for me. But on a daily basis, what am I doing with this person, Jesus? Has he just become something that the t a t-shirt that I wear or, or whatever it is. is am, am I loving the way he loved? Am I, am, am, am I reaching the way he reached? Am I being peaceful the way he was peaceful? In today's society, that's a question that we really begin to ask ourselves. Am, am, I, am I treating people the way he would treat people? That's, that's something that I, I have to, I think we as all as Christians sometimes, or even as humans, have to watch how we treat people. And even more so probably as, as Christians, as we're out in the world and we see things happen, we react differently or supposed to act differently than the world does. Why? Why do we have to react differently? Just because we're different? Well, that's part of it, but also because we have the love of Christ in us. Because we understand what he's done for us. We understand that he's given us much grace. He's given us much grace. When any situation comes, I've, I've learned that when I'm in different situations, and, it, and I told Beth, I said, it always stinks to take the high road. And it stinks to know the things that I know, because over the years when things would happen or people would attack or they would, they would say things, and you know how it is when, when you're dealing with people. You just come in those things. I am just like, oh, they should, they should, they did this, and they did this. But then you can see the hurt, and you can see the pain. You can see the areas in their life where they haven't really completely given over to the Lord. And at that point, you've got to go, God, I pray for them. Lord, I pray that you you bless them and let them become whole. And you're just like, no, I want to kill them and let me watch you do it, God, you know, that type thing, you know. But when you receive the heart of Christ, When you receive the heart of Christ, that flesh side wants to rise up and say, let's fight. Let's tell them what we think and say, no, I can't tell them what I think. I have to. And it's it's sometimes being a minister stinks because you can't tell them what you think. And really, I understand what Paul says. I'm a prisoner of God. I'm a prisoner of his heart. As you know, Peter probably had a a temper on him. He'd killed people. He was ready to kill some people probably. He said, I'm bound by your love. I'm bound not to say what I think, but I'm bound to say God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And sometimes you're bound to not tell them. You're bound to go into your closet and say, God, I know this is what they've been saying about me, but put all that aside. Or to heal them. Help them, God. Show them the same love and mercy that you've shown me. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Kill them, get them. (laughs) No, the same mercy that you've shown me, God. And God, where I'm at now is not that I'm greater than them, but I've walked it out and I've allowed you. And you've walked with me through this place and I can see that they're going through that and that's where they're at. Lord, let me wash their feet. Sometimes washing their feet is not necessarily a physical act, but sometimes washing their feet is praying for them. And we've had people that, that, that we've had conflict with that we loved that we couldn't talk to them. We knew that the very sight of us showing up was going it would have been an argument, and so I had to wash their feet from a distance and pray for them and say, "Lord, help them in that moment, God. Lord, I, you see where you see the need that they have, and you see the hurt that they have, and you see the, the hurt that they have with me, Lord, and if there's anything in me that's done this, then forgive me. We begin to wash their feet. You begin to begin to help them and begin to pray for them. And then there's times where you would literally go to them and try to help them. What would we do with this man called Jesus? That's the question that I've been asking myself this week on a daily basis. When I preach this, this is not like, ah, you need to tell you what you do. But it's like, this is what the Lord's been doing with me is, what am I doing with him? What, is he, what does he mean to me? And I can list all the things he means to me and go, okay, that's great. He's coming in, he's coming in, he's coming in. But what is, what's being poured out? What, what places that God has planted me in that he's allowed me to pour out Jesus? The simplistic story in the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he came, and he died, he rose. See at the right hand of the Father so that you can hear the voice of the Lord. So you can hear the Holy Spirit knocking and saying, let me in and let me reveal myself to you. Let me show you who I really am. And let me show you who you are. That's one thing I love about the Father is when you see him, you begin to see you more clearly. Amen. And, and, and what I love about when you see God, because we had this thing where, where we as, as humans, we begin to see God, and then we begin to see all the things that we're not. And God says, you're looking in the wrong mirror. Because the Bible says, Paul begins to write, he says, that mirror is not about the things that you're not. He said, the mirror is you're becoming him. We've been trained to see all the things that we're not. You're not this, you're not that. But God says, no, no, look and see all the things that you are. And the number one thing that you are is my son, my daughter. You were created in my image. And as we begin to go into that place, from that place, all the things that we're not slowly begin to melt away as we begin to become more of who he is. And the understanding of there's a... a, a when you begin to look at your life, it's easy for us to look at all the things that we're not. But it's very hard for us to begin to sometimes to look at the things that God's brought us out of and the things that we're better at than we were 15 years ago, 10 years ago, a day ago. And God is saying the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Amen. He will lead you into all truth. And the truth is that who the Son sets free, you are free indeed. What will we do with this man called Jesus? Man, I'm just going to pray. I feel like just praying for just salvation this, this today, what you guys have been singing about and praying about. And, God, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for Jesus, the spirit of God. God, we thank you for the ability to come and worship you and to feel you and to know you, God. We thank you for the place that you've planted us, God, here in southeast Oklahoma to declare. God, and we've done that, Lord. We've, we've gathered, we've prayed, we've worshiped, God. And God, we just speak that this is the hour. Today is the day of salvation, as your word says, Lord. And Lord, salvation, Lord, as it's beginning to to come to the hearts of men and women in southeast Oklahoma, or the state of Oklahoma even, God, Lord, Lord, that you would teach us, God, and show us how to discern the Lord's body as you uh, spoke about, God, Lord, that we would know, God. The, uh, the ability, God, to speak, God, and to share, God, and to show love the way Christ did, God. God's salvation belongs to you, God. Salvation is of the Lord, God. Lord, your word says that anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, God. Lord, in this hour, God, Lord, hear the cries of those that are calling out. And God, Lord, I pray that, that we as, as the messengers in the body of Christ, Lord, Lord, that the, the workers, God, Lord, of the field, God, because it is truly ripe for harvest, God. Lord, that the workers would hear the cries, God. They would see, God, that the, the fruit is ripe and we would begin to share the gospel, God. God, we say a salvation in southeast Oklahoma, Lord, in greater ways. God, and greater waves, God, greater waves, God, of salvation, greater waves, God, of harvest after harvest after harvest, God. We don't have to wait for a season because today is that day. Now is the time to receive the Lord. Now is the time for the hearts of man to turn back to the Lord, Lord. Your heart is continuing after them, God, and let your people awaken, God, Lord. Awaken with the message of the hope of Jesus Christ, God, that it would awaken and our lips would not be sealed, but they would begin to open and share, God. Lord, the love of christ and many salvations today god lord many salvations in this time god in this place god while we are here working God, while we are here in our time god in our moment in our lives god lord that we would see a waves of salvation like never before god we pray for the laborers god to awaken god we pray for the laborers god to be passionate about the harvest god lord that you've given us god God, there's been a vision, God, in this house, Ronnie has, of the international harvester, God. And God, Lord, let us see that, God. Let us believe that now is that time. Let us believe, God, Lord, that you're not holding it back. You've given us the equipment, God. And you've showed us the land, God, Lord. And let us be diligent with our hands and with our feet, with with our mouth, to declare the goodness of the Lord, God. It shall lead men to repentance, God. We thank you, God, for all that you have done, God all that you're doing in Southeast Oklahoma, and all that you are going to do, God. Lord, in our generation and the generations to come, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: We make this declaration. As we have given back to the Lord a portion of what he has given us, we declare that he teaches us to profit and leads us in the way we should go. The Lord gives us power to make wealth and to size all our needs according to His riches and glory. We bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As He blesses us, His way becomes known on the earth, His salvation among all nations. Lord, we are believing You for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, Debts paid off and transfer of wealth. Prosperous businesses. Our vats filled with oil and our covers with gold. Expenses decreased. Blessings increased. Heavens opened. Earth invaded. Signs, wonders, and miracles and angelic visitations. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, thank you for more than enough. So we can give into your kingdom, go labor with heaven, and see Jesus get his full reward.